0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats.
1: And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: This edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Distillery. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We're going to be talking football. UK had their first scrimmage on Saturday. We didn't get to see it, but Mark Stoops talked afterwards. We're also going to talk some basketball. We think we know about a new addition to the team. I will just kind of spoil it. I won't like be a jerk and deep tease it and act it like it could be in Dante. It's not him. <laughs> it's something else. Um, we'll talk about that and I'll let Kyle uh, share his thoughts on the new NCAA guidelines for a- agents since I had a couple rants about uh, them last week when he wasn't on. But Uh, Kyle, let's start. I don't know how much you saw of the Mark Stoops comments from post scrimmage, but he wasn't happy with the defense. I'll just—you've covered a ton of football. Does this every scrimmage that uh, at least one scrimmage every camp coach a coach comes out and is is like disappointed and upset with his team? Right, like that happens everywhere, like at every campus.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty rare that the first, especially the first scrimmage that the coach comes out and says, I loved it. Everything was great. And it's also, uh, I always find these fascinating because it's a, it's a nearly impossible task to really understand whether, uh, whether one side was really bad or the other side was really good, you know, evaluating against yourself, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, Um, You know, and, and it's, it's one coach over both sides, so if he's happy about one thing, he would be naturally unhappy about the other. And Stoops is, has his hands more in the defense, obviously. So uh, when they get lit up a little bit by the offense, he's going to be ticked off. I think, you know, I did see everything that he had to say afterwards, and I guess my main reaction would be I would be I would have been shocked if he came out after the first scrimmage and said the defense. You know, he felt great about the defense um, because we've talked ad nauseum about the fact that they had lost their top five defensive backs. And then their sixth uh, best defensive back last year, uh, who was going to lead the group this year, gets hurt, Devontae Robinson. So, like, it it was it seemed highly, highly unlikely that Mark Stoops was going to come out of any kind of initial game-like scenario in this preseason feeling great about his defense. Uh, but I, one thing I would say is, uh, and you wonder too, the other thing, you have to wonder, like, is he sending messages through the media? We know Calipari does that sometimes. I think sometimes Stoops does it, you know, you'll know for sure that he's doing it when he comes out and says, I don't have this scheduled and I don't have it planned to be my angry day, but I'm angry today because everything's stunk. Then you know he is sending a message through the media um, but I wonder if he was doing it after this scrimmage, because he said, you know, the thing that really alarmed him, um, was that guys who should be the leaders that, you know, should have experience or do have experience and shouldn't, you know, have these same kind of growing pains as the new guys in the secondary, those guys didn't kind of didn't show up in the scrimmage, um, whether that was totally accurate or whether that was again, a message to some of those guys, to a cash Daniel, you know, to, a you know, Quinn Bohanna, or whoever, um, that hey, we're counting on you, and you need to be better than you were. I, I don't know, but that to me was probably the most noteworthy thing he said of the whole whole day yesterday. Uh, was just that you know, it wasn't just these new defensive backs; it was the guys he, he expects to be able to count on. I think he said, you know, I wanted the strength to be the strength, uh, and it wasn't. So that you know. Uh, well, I, I don't think, know if that's alarming or not, but it's but it's really noteworthy.
0: I know, and you know, there's been I guess you know there wasn't a ton of follow up questions, but I interpreted the strength as him talking about up front, and like that's exactly the long the lines you were you were talking about. And um, if you want to check out the full post practice comments, I got them up on my timeline um, at Curtis Birch, but. The I mean maybe it is a situation where it is a message to a certain extent because I do I do feel like I'm getting I was getting the vibe of extreme confidence from the defensive line specifically I hadn't talked a ton of quit, to Quentin Bohanna this year but the other outside guys T J Carter and Calvin Taylor uh, they were on this podcast an interview I did with them uh, last week you should go check that out but you know maybe. I don't want to accuse them of necessarily getting a big head or just feeling themselves, but, you know, in the when camp kind of goes on, it's a situation where you do kind of like, a, you know, you are you could see where a guy would get in a situation. You're an upperclassman. You're like, I understand what I'm doing. I got this. You kind of go through the motions just a little bit. And to your point, Kyle, it is tough to kind of evaluate when you're going up against yourself. The offensive line is no are not slouches either, so if they win that day – um, you, it, it would be easy to envision a situation where they would win the day if the the D line wasn't completely locked in because the offensive line is good as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and you know that that last part is really notable uh, that Kentucky should have again has for what two years now and should have again one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. And I think by extension, you you'd. you'd I think probably reasonably say one of the best offensive lines in the country. And yeah, if you, if you line up against those dudes, uh, you got a chance of getting your butt kicked, even if you are really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: if you come in with any level of, of, uh, of relaxation, you're definitely getting your butt kicked. So, and I think that's the other piece of it where I think people ought to be pretty excited. Uh, you know, Kentucky was, I think, really led by its defense and its running game a year ago. It didn't have a especially dynamic offense. Uh, this year, they may be in better position to outscore some people if they do get in a situation where the defense has given up some some points. Uh, you know, Stoops pointed out that Rose looked good. I think that's a huge thing, that, that the guy you need to be the guy is, is showing some of that, that Lynn Bowden looked good. Again, a guy you need to be the guy. Showing up like that, and then I thought notably the two tight ends, Upshaw, was it Upshaw and and Rig?
0: Yeah, or, those are the two yeah, you yeah, mentioned. You
1: know, yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember if the other it was the other kid. Um, you know, and I've said I I think it could be one of those tight ends that is their second leading receiver, receiver this year, specifically Rig. But you know, it sounds like they're really, really, really uh, hopeful about. Keaton Upshaw, um, and certainly physically, the way he looks, he passes the test. Uh, those those comments about the offense are are pretty encouraging
2: because um,
1: mm-hmm. I think I think it's reasonable to expect Terry Wilson's taking a step forward. Um, and then you just you you hope Lynn Bowden's ready to be the star. You hope AJ Rose is, and the other backs that they have taken in total can produce on the level that Benny Snell did, and I think that's not a crazy idea that that the group led by maybe one guy, but but that the group can make up for that productivity is not totally crazy to think, and then you hope, is there somebody else who can be a, a threat in the passing game, and the fact that both those tight ends were mentioned is, I think, uh, is a good thing. And by the way, this is totally unrelated to Kentucky, but we should note, pretty crazy, apparently you know, a week or two into camp for Ohio State, Gunnar Hoke is like remains neck and neck with Justin Fields, the former number one quarterback recruit in America, for the starting job at Ohio State. Um,
0: if you believe that, Kyle, I can I'll uh, sell you some oceanfront property in Arizona.
1: Man, look, everything that the pe- that people I I know, some folks that are that cover that program, they believe it to be true, like that it is an like an actual quarterback battle. Um,
0: well, that means I mean I'm not trying to disparage Hoke, but that means they're in trouble.
1: I think it could mean that. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing is, we don't know for sure that just just because he was ranked number one, we don't know for sure that Justin Fields is you know an elite quarterback. He um, had a really hard time getting on the field at Georgia last year, uh, and, and now they had a great quarterback, but um, and when he got out there, it was you know, mixed, I would say mixed results. Um, so it could be, I mean, look, it could be that he's not as good as they hoped. I mean, that, there was an urgency about getting another quarterback in there. And the, that alone probably tells you that, you know, Fields wasn't just going to run away with it. But yeah, and I wouldn't totally disparage Gunnar Hope because I do think he can be a good college quarterback. He would just, I'll admit that it would stun me It's a guy who couldn't beat out Terry Wilson at Kentucky, who couldn't win the starting job at Kentucky when it was a very influx situation. It's not like there was some established guy. It's not like, uh, you know, they knew they had a superstar at quarterback. Uh, To then transfer and win the job at Ohio State over the former number one recruit at the position would be, uh, I would say, one of the more shocking things that has happened in terms of the, the college football transaction wire in a while, to me. I would be really, really, really surprised.
0: I think most people would. Let's take a quick break and then talk about some basketball. Um, But first, let me tell you guys about Buffalo Trace. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distiller, you can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century-old warehouses, hear the tales of bourbon legends Taylor Blanton, Weller, and Lee and Taste, the award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. They have six unique tours, one for every taste, that happen seven days a week. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit trace buffalotracedistillery.com. And if you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on Locked on Kentucky, you can get 10% off of merchandise in the gift shop. So go check out buffalo trace distillery.com and go check them out and use our promo code. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So Kyle, um, I guess through social media sleuthing, we have potentially found an addition to the UK basketball roster, um, which is always interesting when these kind of these kind of things pop up.
1: Yeah, uh, very, very interesting. And I'm actually in my car driving and cannot remember this kid's name off the top of my
0: head. <laughs> Riley, Riley Welsh.
1: Welsh, yeah. He uh, he suddenly picked up a in, in short order a string of followers that included uh, on Twitter. His newest followers are John Calipari, Dwayne Peavy, the deputy deputy AD at Kentucky, who's uh, heavily involved in basketball. Eric Lindsay, the basketball SID. Thomas Beisner, TJ, uh, who works with CoachCal.com uh, and JMI Sports, and uh, I'm trying to think. There were a couple others, but uh, uh, maybe the official Kentucky men's basketball account. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, look, context clues here. I, I I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out something is afoot. Uh, he uh, was a walk-on guard at uh, what was it. Cal uh, – shoot, now I can't uh, – UC you, Irvine. Yes. His father, uh, John, is a longtime uh, NBA assistant. I believe he's with the Clippers right now, uh, but has been in the NBA for a uh, couple decades now. Um, so that's interesting. Is that from out in California. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume that this was uh, some connection. John Calipari has a lot of these walk-ons. You know, other than, you know, well, obviously he had a connection to Brad Perry and a uh, connection to uh, Kenny Payne's son, who's a walk-on now. <laughs> yes, um, he,
0: they did have connections to those two.
1: <laughs> but but also, you know, a lot of these other walk-ons that come from other places, it's usually some kind of connection that Perry has. Some, you know, businessman in a community where Cal was a coach that, you know, he has a connection with or whatnot. So, uh, and with this with this kid's father being an NBA guy, I'm sure Cal... Has goes way back with him in some form or fashion. So, uh, they needed another walk on. Brad, uh, obviously transferred to Detroit Mercy. Um, uh, Johnny David, uh, graduated, although he was tweeting about trying to get another year of eligibility. I don't think that's going to happen for him. So, uh, they needed, they added the, the one in state walk on and they needed one more. Um, so what was it? I guess this sort of fills out their walk-on roster. I mean, I, no, this is not an official thing.
0: No, not uh, official yet. Nothing,
1: nothing has been announced, but that's about as close to an, an- announcement as you get ahead of time with a walk-on. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it was any coincidence that six or eight, you know, Kentucky basketball officials followed this, uh, this kid.
0: And uh, here's a fun note. According to the UC Irvin Sports um, website, his grandfather, Coley, was the third-ranked boxing middleweight in the world in 1941. So, there okay. you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of transfers, NCAA, and all that stuff, I, I am just kind of curious, Kyle, what, what were your thoughts when that in the NCAA announced that they were making rules um, about having to make sure agents were qualified to represent guys who were testing the waters for the NBA?
1: It's the Rich Paul rule, right? That's what everybody's uh, saying. That's what uh, LeBron James is saying and annoyed about. <clears throat> you know, I've seen a lot of different takes. I, uh, I and I think probably the more, most accurate one is probably the one that falls in the middle, which is it's maybe not necessarily the Rich Paul rule, in, in, in that it's trying to get at him because you know he's powerful enough that he can he can work around it. Um, but that it's you know looking to target the next one to, to prevent the next rich Paul from coming along with, with and we say that is the main thing was requiring uh, a college degree a bachelor's degree which rich Paul does not have for those who I think everybody knows at this point but Rich Paul is one of the, one of the inner circle of LeBron James the high school uh, buddies who he's kind of brought along for the ride and and Rich Paul is the one that has really risen the most and become this power player in basketball kind of the the brand new worldwide west almost uh the younger version um and you know ruffled has ruffled some feathers he's obviously caused a lot of stir in the nba and now also in the ncaa and i i do think it's a noble cause to try to protect these some of the fringe players who you know are going to test the draft waters to protect them from unscrupulous agent what kind of wanna be agents and, and trying to stiffen the requirements so that you make sure they're dealing with real bona fide uh, agents who have their best interest and are not you know predators um, economic predators you know I, I get that uh, but I do think it, it is a little annoying in that um, it's just another example of sort of trying to control these athletes. Because, you know, what if one of them is like LeBron and wants to bring their, you know, someone from their inner circle that they trust along for the ride? That sh- that should be their right. Um, you know, I think that's that's a piece of this as well. Um, you know, if, if my uncle is a person I trust and educates himself and I want him to be the guy that's looking out for my back, you know, watching my back in this process, I ought to be able to do that if I want to do that. Um... So I don't know. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of the way it was rolled out uh, and some of the specifics of it. I, I think they've the, got to have a degree. I mean, the players they're representing in most cases will never get a degree or certainly aren't coming out with one. Um, so to require their representation to have that is a little silly, I think, too. But uh, don't don't really like it. But I do I do have an appreciation for the spirit of it, you know, protecting protecting guys from. Um, sort of the shady characters, I, I get that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I laid it out a little bit. If you want to listen to my full opinions, you can go back and check out the last couple podcasts. But you know, Kyle, I just the head scratching thing to me was the the NBA Players Association has a has their own system that gets guys, you know, qualified. They have some standards and. I don't know why the NCAA wouldn't just piggyback on that, like just make it easier on yourself, guys. You know.
1: Well, yeah, and like, what? You know, why do you need a whole different set of requirements? Exactly. Like, if it's good enough for the NBA, who they're going to be dealing with. It's it should be good enough for you and your your players. So. Yep. Uh, no, I agree with that.
0: So, all right, um, we're gonna leave Kyle, but coming up after this break, you're gonna hear conversations I had got to have with Jordan Griffin and Justin Rigg after the scrimmage. So stay tuned for that. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. We've been talking some about Mark Stoops' comments from after Kentucky's first scrimmage of this camp. Let's hear some from some of the guys on the field. Let's start out with Jordan Griffin. You'll be able to tell he was also not super thrilled with how the defense performed.
2: How was the scrimmage today? Uh, not too good, not too good at all on the defense end. The offense uh, did a good job moving the ball on us and uh, just, just getting us out of position, just, you know, uh, just didn't have enough energy out there, you know, and that's something that, that's something that we got to control, you know, as a defense, you know, and just something that we got to push next time. How much is that energy and how much is it a lot of guys trying to learn new positions? Uh, I don't, to be honest, I don't really think it was too much of, of positioning and things of that nature. I think it was just flat out just, just energy. You know, I think the energy was really low uh, as a whole. You know, that's just something that we can't do, especially at this point. You know, I know we got some young guys out there, but still, that's for the, as for the. Uh, as for the that's for the guys that play and for the mature guys you know we, we just didn't bring it as a whole today. as a guy who's trying to step up as a leader what are you trying to do to get that energy right for the next time you step out onto the field uh just uh, be the one to bring it you know uh you know i was flat today uh you know that's me as a person you just gotta just gotta uplift the guys around me you know people are always looking up to you and stuff like that and, you know if if you if you're low, then your other team, your teammate's going to be low, especially in the back end and stuff like that. So, you know, I take that, take that on the chin. You know, just gotta gotta bring that energy. Gotta gotta want to be here. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta be ready to play. You know, and, and we we didn't do that today. You you said today wasn't good, but you know the rest of the days. How are some of those young guys stepping into some new roles? Oh, they're doing a good job stepping into the roles. Uh, uh doing a good job getting acclimated and things of that nature. Uh, you know, I'm very excited about the young guys. What was the message to from Coach Stoops about the scrimmage during it today? Uh definitely uh, pretty much basically what I just said, you know, just uh the energy, you know, it just it just it just wasn't there. You know, it's just not what UK defense is about, you know, and that that's the biggest thing and, and it, just, it just wasn't there today.
0: Griffin's gonna to be counted on to make plays on the field and to kinda of be a leader off the field. Well, there's no kind about it. He has to be one of the leaders specifically in the secondary. And him taking responsibility there and looking to improve going forward is a good sign. Obviously, the best sign would be if everything was going great at this very moment. Um, but, you know, Stoops said that they have time to fix some of these issues. So, it sounds cliche. The first, the first step in fixing a problem is knowing they're a problem. And it seems that coach and player are on the same page when it comes regard to that. Now, on the flip side, Mark Stoops did talk about how the tight ends played well on the offensive side of the ball. And they've been talking a ton about the tight ends this all season. And the guy who has the most experience in that room, even though it isn't a ton, and that is part because of injuries, but I got a chance to talk to Justin Rigg after that scrimmage as well. At the open practice, it looked like uh, you were getting heavily involved. Is mm-hmm. that something that you think is going to make it onto the field this year? Or is yeah. it kind of a situational thing in that first practice?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping so. I think as a tight end group, we're all really... Uh, becoming more of an option and stuff cuz we're so deep that I mean it really spreads the field and you don't really they got to start coming to the tight end you know they're they're double teaming the win. they can come to the tight end but with with all of our receiving core everybody I feel like we can really as a group everybody should be getting the ball and I think that you're going to see that a lot those young
0: guys, you know, even um, Nick, the, the newest, uh, yeah, but the, yeah. but Upshaw and Bates. I mean, how, how have their progression gone so no, far? S-
3: you can you can see a complete difference. in last year and this year, like they're all understanding the offense a lot more. And then you can see, as we're all like big body tight ends, you can see us we're spreading the field, we can get across the middle. But we're also still those tight ends that you can, you see in the trenches and that can block really well. Coach Stoops has mentioned a couple times that
0: like he wants your position group the first off the bus because you're physical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you,
3: can tell, you can tell, especially like even last year, CJ would always say, he's like, dang, I'm, I'm the smallest in the room now. And there's all of us are 6'5", 6'6", 250 plus. It's really, it's it's a really good feeling.
0: I mean, is that obviously, you know, there's some obvious advantages
3: to being that big, but yeah. can you, I'm mean, like, how do you use that to your guys' advantage? You know, tight ends aren't really always, I mean, with this group, I feel like we can, we can really run, but you can... You can really like get off of get off of guys, catch the ball in traffic and stuff like that. And then when you're those big body tight ends, you can still block those 300 350 yeah. D linemen that you can, in the trenches.
0: And do you think Terry is being more um, familiar with the offense now? Is maybe getting to you guys more? where You're maybe later in progressions at this point than yeah. he was
2: last year. Yeah,
3: and especially with our O line giving him a bunch of time, I think he really can go through his read and really open up his like his throwing game. And then it opens up a lot more with the. Uh, Lynn, Josh, all of us. I I can't help but just
0: kind of smile anytime I talk to Justin Rigg because during spring camp, I did a little, <laughs> just a quick little like video with all the tight ends and asked them why Vince Marrow com- constantly mispronounces his name. Coach Marrow adds an S to it, calls him Riggs, and his name is Justin Rigg. It's not plural. If you had multiple Riggs, that would be a heck of a. Heck of a spot. But as he talked about there, they the tight end room is pretty pretty impressive. Stoops has been talking about it for a while. How they wouldn't mind them leading them off the bus and that's kind of a cliche and harkens back to high school, but where colleges, you know, you're not really seeing the other team get off a bus. There's not, none of the kind of viewing things. But it's definitely true. They are they are impressive physically and it seems like as a group, they're ready to contribute much more this season. That's gonna do it for this edition of the show. Thank you all uh, for listening. Thanks to Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this edition of the show. Go to Buffalostrace and get some more information about their tours and then check out that gift shop and use the promo code uh, Lockdown Kentucky. Please follow us on social media. We are at On UK. On both Twitter and Instagram, you can follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And you can follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Please share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy it. That's the best way to spread the word about Locked On Kentucky. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On.
2: Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Yeah